1: How's it going, folks? Enda here. Welcome along to the Huddle Breakdown, the podcast that looks at the stats, performance, and SG of Celtic. So I'm just recording a quick intro to say that the show today was recorded pre the Michelin game, so there's a lot of preview in it. So I've decided to take that all out of the podcast because it's immediately out of date depending on how the result goes. But we did talk at length about the Joe Hart rumors. Vasilis Barkas obviously dropped for the Michelin game. Seems like his Celtic career is over. Scott Bean has come in. Is he the answer for Celtic? Joe Hart seems to be the man that is going to come in the doors. That's the rumours coming in from multiple outlets today. And it just seems like Joe Hart is the man, depending on whether or not they can get the deal over the line. A lot of talk about the transfer and whether or not it's a good idea. I'm, as you'll hear, on the side of it's not a good idea. I don't think Joe Hart is good enough at the level when it comes to playing with the ball. He's a good goalkeeper, he's a good shot stopper, but... I mean, he was at his peak 10 years ago. So that's the issue I have with Joe Hart, as you'll hear in this podcast. But I just wanted to pop in, say a quick intro, that this is why it's a rather short uh, huddle breakdown, shorter than usual huddle breakdown, because most of this show was previewing the Michelin game as well. So let's hope as I record this that Celtic get a result against FC Michelin. And if they don't, I apologize. I'll immediately come in and edit this. So enjoy this 28 or so minute discussion around Joe Hart and whether or not he is the guy for Celtic. Even bigger news today is that Joe Hart is potentially coming to Celtic. That is the latest transfer rumor rolling around in the newspapers and online that Joe Hart, it was a rumor last year, I believe, and it's resurfaced. And I have to take some of the blame, lads. I'll, I'll hold up my hand. I said I did tell the story of the time that Pep Guardiola sold Joe Hart because he couldn't play football. And maybe somebody in Celtic were listening to the podcast and thought that I was being positive about Joe Hart. But I wasn't. I wasn't being positive about Joe Hart. Joe Hart can't play football with his feet. But there there it is. Celtic are rumoured to be signing Joe Hart. And it seems to be like really picking up steam. So it's very interesting that this has come um, in a time where Celtic badly need a goalkeeper who is going to need to play football. So James, I think you've been doing a lot of work on this today on Twitter. So I guess what's, what's your thoughts on this?
0: Well, the the hard aspect of it uh, today, I've I started digging in on the keeper front um, more so last week, and it it had less to do with um, Barcass or any or bane or any specific keeper that we have or that we're being speculated as maybe bringing in, as more so trying to delve into the question of okay, what profile of a keeper makes sense relative to um, how, uh, the manager is likely to, uh, play. And so that, that was kind of my initial question. And when I started really diving into that, uh, from an analytical perspective, um, and asking questions within that, uh, context, I, I, you know, again, I didn't know, like, that's the point. I, I, I didn't have a strong feeling one way or the other relative to, um, the, uh, Relative importance of ball playing skills. Let's call it non shots, uh, stopping aspects of keeper play, right? So, ever the, the the um the response I've gotten is being bombarded with uh, people saying, "Well, the keeper's primary, first, most important job is keeping the ball out of the net." And, or shot stopping. I think that's how most people are thinking of it. And that's, you know, that's intuitive. It's, you know, sometimes uh, consensus thinking is is uh, logical and and true. Um, so I, I wanted to test that, but not only test it within the context of keepers in general, what's the proportionality of, you know, kind of non-shot stopping and its importance, but then trying to theorize what it might be within the context of how Ange uses his keepers and whether that Relationship, let's call it, scales in a linear sense. Meaning that, um, you know, if a keeper is going to touch the ball fifteen times in kind of a normal uh, side, and in an AND system he's going to touch the ball thirty-five times, is that relationship? Is that difference linear? Meaning that if he's a little, you know, he's a little below average in in uh, playing ball playing skills, is the 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 relative negative aspects of that? going to be consistent from 15 to 35, or is that going to get worse? Meaning that you expose it more, you put more stress on it, you put more pressure on top of the passing. Is that going to end up turning into a bigger problem than you might think just because the keeper may not be great with his feet, so to speak, playing in a system that's not Anges. Um, so that that's basically what I started to do. And, and with my new writing, um, uh, gig with the Celtic way, I get access to StatsBomb data and, and their metrics, which are different and more um, sophisticated and advanced uh, within the context of Keeper analysis in particular, things that I hadn't seen before. Um, so that gave me a lot of fun things to do for the last, uh, when you're a dork like me, for the last four or five days. And You know what? A piece I wrote for the Celtic Way was less so. I'm I'm not making an argument for Barkas. Barkas. I'm not making an argument for Bain. I'm not. I am making an argument against Hart, but (laughs) or I will. But um, it's more so. Okay, this is what this profile probably suggests, and what kind of keeper you're going to get. And if you can't get uh, Manuel Neuer, (laughs) um, who's a good shot stopper and a really good sweeper keeper. Or you can't get Ederson from Man City. I mean, that's we kind of start at that level, and then you work your way down. And the question is, okay, what what relative balance between shot stopping and all this other stuff, and what's the relative importance? Because you're not going to get optimal, most likely. So that's basically what I've been working on. And I, you know, I don't have access to all of the kind of data that I'd like on Hart. So I I don't know. I mean, you say he's terrible with his feet; he's not a good ball player. I, you know i I wasn't watching English football at that time. i you know I don't know enough about him um, anecdotally, so I can only go off of what I see more so in Y Scout, which is more limited. Um, but from what I've seen so far, the profile doesn't seem to fit with what I would want um, and um, I think the risks there are, are again back to this issue of process, which is if he was look, being looked at last summer to play in a Neil Lennon system that to me throws up huge red flags that all of a sudden he's also the profile, like they're mutually exclusive. Like the guy, you know, uh, Fraser Forster is not the profile. So I think hearts like a, you know, a, a one B a plan B for Forster similar, you know, at least in the same neighborhood, theoretically of, of a profile, um, but nowhere near or in the direction of a Neuer or Ederson. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so that, that's, I don't see the coherence there. And that to me is, you know, it's been an issue and uh, continues to be an issue. And to me, that's the big, bigger red flag.
1: Alan, there's a reason why your name is Celtic the numbers. You also have your own site, your own blog that, you know, you, you give your own views there. So, you were writing about Hart and the, the goalkeeper situation as well recently. So I guess initial thoughts on, on this and the, the general thinking in Celtic that Joe Hart is the man that they come up with as a potential replacement for Barkas.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And just for new viewers, I mean, the data that I collect is, is my own. <laughs> so it doesn't, I suppose, uh, just to make that clear. So I'm not using Scout or uh, Statsbomb or anything like that. Um the the benefit that gives, I suppose, is that I can benchmark Celtic players against themselves. So as the more history data you get, you're you're benchmarking them against a the very consistent set of data. But having said that, you that, that, it does make it tricky sometimes to benchmark against, like for example, Scout, because even if the definitions are broadly the same, the way the way that the person has collected that data could be quite, a little bit different. So anyway, don't want to get too deep into that, but essentially, yeah, I mean, firstly on heart, um. I agree, you know, I agree with, I think, where James is going to go with this, which is it, it makes very little sense if you look at its sort of system and process over personnel. Um, you know, Joe Hart w- was replaced as Manchester City's goalkeeper about five years ago when Guardiola came in because Guardiola wanted a, uh, basically an extra outfield player on occasions and someone that can play out for the back. Um, I mean, Joe, and Joe Hart's career as a top, top, top class goalkeeper, pretty much ended five years ago, which is quite a long time. And although he's not old for a goalkeeper, he's only 34, therefore, you know, like Gordon, Gordon was out of the game for two years and still performed tremendously well for Celtic. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily say that him being 34, or even the fact that he hasn't played that much is necessarily, you know, the, 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 the be all and end all. The point is that, you know, both for England, for whom he has 75 caps, and for Manchester City, for whom he won a lot of trophies and was the first-choice goalkeeper for many years, his form kind of collapsed uh, around about that 2016 period, culminating in the goal that he conceded against Iceland in the European Championships. And then there was a two free kicks that Griffiths then scored against him for Scotland. Um, And there was a feeling in the game that, you know, he wasn't making the saves he should. He was particularly vulnerable on his left-hand side to, to longer shots. Um, now every goalkeeper he potentially has a weak spot. I mean, Barkas's relatively poor foot movement on facing long shots was something which um, the Cynic and team I think highlighted before he was signed, and that came to fruition against AC Milan when he uh, was beaten by the free kick and his foot movement was poor. So, but 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 what was what was I suppose a bit more incredible with Hart from being Manchester City, the top club in England and England's number one. His career literally collapsed five years ago and it hasn't recovered other than some lone appearances for various sites. So even for that reason alone, it's it's an incredibly odd um, direction to go in. I mean, other than you know, there might be a sort of money ball angle that says this guy has been undervalued for five years. He was clearly brilliant five years ago. Now now he, now he, no one wants him. Maybe we've got a bargain. I could I could almost kind of understand a little bit of that thinking, I suppose. But, the, but again, I'm an evidence-based guy and I can't see the evidence that, you know, he'd fit into Postacoglu's style or that he, even at a most basic, fundamental goalkeeping competency level, that he's the direction that Celtic should go in. And certainly not, probably from a cost cost effectiveness
1: level yeah th- this is the huddle breakdown do get involved in the comments uh, there's a couple of comments coming in already mazar yousaf is saying that joe hart is not the answer arguably not as good as foster uh between the years of 2010-15 uh both have similar frames uh, for their contracts both for Forrester, uh but Forrester is on a higher weekly wage both have Poor distribution, yeah, I'd probably agree with all that. Marco O'Brien is saying that we need two keepers at least, expecting tonight to be Eddie's last game too. Probably is looking by the transfer rumors around him, and Brighton Hove Albion seems to be the club that he's going to. And in, in terms of Joe Hart, I mean, where I stand on him is just, I'm. It just seems incredibly lazy. It seems like the guy, whoever's doing the scouting or whoever is is doing the the. You know, searching for these players seems to be living in the year 2010. I mean, we're looking at, you know, Fraser Forster coming in first, and I mean, he was good back 10 years. We're talking 10 years ago. This is a different decade, decade of football. It's a completely different thing. I mean, what do we think? Like Joe Hart, we're seriously thinking that Joe Hart, who was uh, England's top goals, goalkeeper 10 years ago, and Alan, I know you mentioned that he was at City uh, five years ago. He was on decline then. He was still. He there was challenges coming in from other keepers for England's goal uh, place. And I'm just like, is this guy just a, a Celtic da here that's picking out the the whatever players that seems to come to mind, or is he actually looking at what Celtic need, what Ange needs? And uh, it's just it's incredibly frustrating for me because. Barkas is taking so much stick. right? Barkas is inevitably going to be dropped if he continues these performances. The fans have not taken to them. And the answer is Joe Hart, who cannot kick the ball. He was sold and kept out of the City team by a player who couldn't keep the ball out of the net. But Pep Guardiola refused to play him because he didn't, he didn't suit the system. That's, I mean, that's what we need. We need a, a keeper who's going to be able to play the system. It's, it, uh, We have to get past this idea of just getting these names in that, to fill a gap short term, because that's what Joe Hart is.
0: Well, if I, so the, part of what I wrote about and part of why I think this is so weird is we're not just talking about Ange's system being um, like Pep Guardiola's uh, or that, Um, Celtic has the same competitive dynamics in the Scottish League as Manchester City does in the EPL. They don't. I mean, neither of those things are true. Uh, Ange's keeper play, his keepers in Japan, touch the ball 30 to 35 times a game at least uh, as far as the passes that they made. Uh, Ederson's are in the low 20s. Manuel, that's more than Neuer uh, plays at, at... Bayern Munich, which, which I, I documented. Um, so not only is that side of it extreme, meaning that the amount that Ange's keepers are involved in sweeping and build up play, getting out towards, and we heard about this from the Japanese journalists, you know, in the frenzy, when, when, uh, Ange was originally appointed and people were, you know, voraciously consuming all of this uh, content to try and learn who he was and how he might set up a team. One of the things that, uh, Uh, some of the journalists in Japan were saying was, I mean, you're going to be blown away with how different he uses his keeper. Um, So there's that aspect of it. But the second part of it is Celtic keepers just do not face many shots. It is inordinately low compared to most leagues and teams in leagues. So you're talking about 50%, 30% of what they're going to face at other clubs. So, for example... um, Uh, Hart, when he was at Burnley, he was decent shot stopping that season. That's the one season using the Y scout post shot XG metrics. Again, all of Allen's points are valid. The data capture there is not, you know, passed down from God as far as, as being accurate. Um, But that was the one season out of his last five where he performed reasonably well on a shot stopping basis, meaning better than Barcast did last season. So if that's our threshold, right, Uh, the other four he did not, meaning that if you just look at kind of that shot stopping metric, he was worse than Barcast was last season at Celtic in those other four seasons at Torino and his his other stops. Um, He faced almost six shots a game in that season at, at Burnley. That's a level of activity that is triple what he's probably going to face, maybe a little less than triple what he's going to face as Celtic keeper. So there's a question about, you know, activity. I mean, that could that could be a part of the problem that Barkas has had. It's just a different. How do you stay focused when you're basically standing, you know, 70 yards away from the action uh, like Forster did most of the season in 1920. Uh, because we were dominant team with a really good uh, defense uh, and the ball just didn't get to him that much. So, uh, and, and Barcast, Barcast only faced about 1.8 shots in his league games last season. Um, That is crazy low. So the, I think it's a logical question to ask, okay, if that's the composition here, 35 touches and playing sweeper keeper and a huge component of, of the manager system versus facing maybe two, two and a half shots a game on target over here. That's not the same as touching the ball 20 times over here and facing six shots. It just isn't. So how do you, and that's what I did. I did a lot of research and, you know, trying to kind of build my own little model to look at how that might equate. And I think it's counterintuitive and it, I think it's probably not what most people were thinking, uh in that balance and it's li- it's understandable that most people wouldn't think that way because most people don't have a reference point for Ange's system. You know, the the fact that uh uh Barkas touched the ball 53 times against Bristol City in that friendly. I mean, that's that's 20 more than than uh Forster had touched in the prior five seasons or six seasons. His record high was like 31. And Bark has exceeded that by 20 in a in one game in a friendly. I mean, there's there were games where Ange's keeper touched the ball over 70 times in Japan, right? So when you're again, that's why I talk about the elasticity here as far as stress testing, right? So mm-hmm. how's Joe Hart going to do if he touched the ball 70 times in a game? A lot of it being 30, 35, 40 yards away from his goal line. I looks like we might find out. Uh, my theory is that may not be ideal and that that might be as big, if not a bigger problem, than Barcas having shot-stopping problems. And that's not me saying I want Barcas. That's me saying that, you know, the medicine for the disease might be worse than the disease itself. And, and like I.E. Duffy last season, that's a, a Al and I had an exchange earlier. It's not a perfect analogy. It's more so, you know, we thought we had a problem defensively, and thought that the solution and the medicine was Duffy last season. And I think the keeper problem is bigger. I think we actually do have a keeper issue um, this season, which is different. I didn't think we had that much of a defensive issue. I thought that was mostly hallucinated. And it was, you know, the the, the real problem was in midfield, not in, in the center back position. Um, but the medicine kind of created a bigger problem th- than the supposed pro- uh, disease last season. And I, mm-hmm. I think we, we face a potentially similar situation. And I, I cannot – the other part of this that I think is really worrying is I have a hard time c- coming to a conclusion that this is where, who Ange would pick, right? Like like just happens that Ange picked an Israeli winger who happens to be the client of a certain agent. You know that it's just not feasible. You know the the coincidences here. So the idea that Ange isn't re- Ange is getting a list of players and saying, "I'll take what I can get" because I'm dying for players, and we have a huge problem here. Versus if there's actually a process going on here, where hey, we've scoped out four players, five players that all fit your criteria. Which one is the one you prefer? Which is how it probably should work. Versus hey, this is the old list that Nikki Hammond came up. That brought up or made off to, to feed feed whatever Lenin was doing, and and you know here's the leftovers and pick the best one. I mean that the latter part sounds more plausible to me based off of what's going on, and that's what the concern. I'm not saying it is, but where there's smoke, sometimes there's fire.
1: Well, I I've I brought it up before. There was the interview with Ange when he arrived, uh, talking about Liam Shaw. And he he did he said in that interview that he was handed a list from the scouts of players. So I am working off evidence that we are working off an old list. We are not working off a new Man. list of 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 scouted players. So that's where you know that's where the Iron Hickey uh, rumors cropped up again. That's where the Joe Hart thing's coming from again. So uh, Iraidi Starfelt.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only one who looks pretty clearly to have been Ange is is Yeah. And I'm thrilled with his. I mean, there's I mean, that was the one that jumps out leaps and bounds when you look at it from an analytical perspective. You say, my gosh, that makes clear sense. So it's not that, you know, I I want to be excited about what's going on. I want to see, you know, uh, good signings and coherent strategy. Um, I want more for Ahashi and less Joe Hart. Let's put it that way.
1: Before we move on, because Celtic do have a big Champions League clash in about an hour, 45 minutes. Alan, do you want to finish off on Joe Hart and the general transfers? And, you know, just we spoke about a rebuild and potentially director of football and and maybe the importance of having all them working in tandem. We don't have a director of football, so it seems that we're working off the old system that was always in place. Um, Do you want to finish off on the transfers, your final point?
2: Yeah, sure. I, I tend to think that depending on your sort of cognitive bias position, you'll you'll choose the to blame whoever you want to blame for whatever player Celtic signs. So if it's a good signing and you like Lennon, then you'll, you'll 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 hooray Lennon. If it's a bad signing and you don't like Law, you'll blame Law. If it's a bad signing and you don't like Desmond, you'll blame Desmond. Um, and, and that that sort of re, that sort of thinking tends to fill the void of actually knowing what's going on. Um, so what I try and do is look at the actual individual player and treat them on their individual merits, as as in does this signing actually make sense? And I I I believe you know Starfelt for Hashi, um, even the new right back potentially Buta that's being um, you know rumored to that we're going to sign, um, even even Abada to an extent. Um, you know, fits. The, I can get the, the reasoning when you look at their attributes as to why they the apostle would want to sign them. So I guess I'm kind of okay with with all of those. Yeah, I agree that the Joe Hart one doesn't make any sense by that rationale. Um, that's not to pin blame on any individual. Um, or that I don't like, or what have you, um, or to bash it was something that I'm, you know, had historical issues with. It's just to say it doesn't make any sense <laughs> from a from a from a you know performance perspective. So yeah, but but you know more more Starfells and Furuhashis, and and I'll be I'll be pretty happy. Yeah. Before we move on
1: to the FC Michelin game, which is kicking off at six forty five, that's not on Celtic TV, by the way. If you're watching in the UK and Ireland, it's only available on whatever stream you can get it or i don't know if there's a legal platform you can get it on i don't have it if you can so anybody who premier, watches
2: premier oh, sports not that i'm sponsored by them or anything it's on premier sports
1: then it's yeah, on premier right. if you have premier sports you're okay but if you don't if you're watching you can ireland it's not on celtic tv it's not being shown a couple rerun of rerun on
2: celtic tv sorry sorry no. 10, 10, p.m. 10 p.m rerun on if you want to do a lightly lads and avoid the score or it's you know stream city <laughs>
1: I, I think people do well to avoid scores at this point. Robert Arbuckle is saying Barca's positioning is poor. He's too quiet, indecisive. Doesn't come for enough crosses. Doesn't marshal his defence. Uh, how was he scouted? I'll never know. I think that seemed a bit. His positioning was probably the most worrying thing yeah, yeah. against West against
2: Ham. <laughs> I can't defend Barca's right. I mean, I did a piece yeah. on this in the week, right? And you know, he's, he's he, a safe percentage is not a great stat for many reasons, but it is. A, but it is a stat. And it does tell you something, right? Especially when you've got, a, you know, if you look at the goalkeepers that you would think, yeah, we're pretty happy they've got a solid record over years of good performance, i.e. Gordon and Forster are broadly saving 72% of their shots. And you've got Barkas on 51. Even if save percentage isn't a great start, having a 21% difference, are you telling me the, the quality of shots that Barkas is facing is so good, <laughs> the, 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 and, and actually, if you look at the and, the and the way we'd look at that is to look at the the post shot expected goals, which is what what was the expected goal value of the shot when it actually reached the goal, and therefore either required save saving or it went in. And again, that that that's a much better metric. But, but by that by that metric, you know, Barkas essentially is saving less shots than the quality of the shots he's faced would suggest he should. Right. Yeah, that's really, it's yeah. really, really what it is. Yeah. Whereas actually, whereas actually, Bane, Bane is saving slightly more shots than you'd expect, um, and Bane also is, is decent with his feet. But I will say this with Barkas: i This isn't another Barkas bashing session. Barkas completes eighty-eight percent of his passing to the distribution point, and James is absolutely right. Uh, Barkas attempted 39 passes against Micheland in the first leg. A Celtic goalkeeper going back the last six or seven years will generally attempt around about 25, 26 passes. That's you know, quite a significant percentage uplift in number of passes. And Barkas, Barkas, by some distance, is the best distributor by pass completion of all the goalkeepers. So just for balance, I'll check that in again.
0: Well, and because I do, I want to get onto the Michelin game too, yeah. end, but let, let me, I, I, I'm going to make another point here. It's, it's it, again, I'm not, I, I'd be happy with a replacement for Barcross. Uh m- My issue is more so that profile of who that replacement's going to be and a way to try and communicate the importance of that. Alan just mentioned that. Uh, his pass, passing stats. What I was able to do in StatsBomb is to look at additional metrics and not only look at him versus himself or versus other Celtic keepers, but benchmark versus keepers in the league. And uh, he quite clearly was the best passing keeper across metrics. Uh, the other thing that would contradict what I, and I for, forget, I for, uh, apologize for not remembering the, the commenter. Um, that that just had that question or comment is uh his metric for basically coming four crosses uh was good not yep. not towards the top of the league but much better than Forster yep uh so that was a yep. weakness of Forsters um and if you look at while his post shot xg like he he saved less than he should have because he faced so fewer shots than um uh, than Forster, the actual goals conceded, he conceded fewer goals. If you take out penalties, which again, that's important, you know, Forster's clearly a, a better uh, uh, keeper when it comes to confronting uh, penalties. I mean, he's proved that over and over again. Um, and and the own goal against Rangers, right, which, you know, wasn't his fault uh, on the, on the, the corner uh, is – he surrendered or con- Celtic conceded fewer goals per game with Barcast playing last season than Forster did in 1920. Now, I'm not saying he's a better shot stopper. That's ridiculous. He's not. The data doesn't reflect that. What I'm saying is that the totality of what was going on in those games, he was conceding fewer goals. Now, why was that? I don't. I don't have the answer, but there's a lot going on here coming for Balls organizing a defense uh, you're not going to tell me that his defense was better uh, put together than the one that Forster had the prior season so something's not adding up here in that that consensus view which is he can't organize a defense uh, the shot stopping piece I completely concede and agree with something else is going on though that suggests that he's a better keeper than what the consensus is I'm not saying he shouldn't be replaced, I'd like him to be replaced, but with a better profile.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.